Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the words we've been able to hear and the words we've been able to sing. Now, God, would you open our hearts and minds to the reality of, of your purpose and the plan and, and our problem. We thank you for your, your kindness, the way you care for us. Uh, Lord, give us now understanding into what you're doing in our life and how how we can join you and not work against you, but truly pursue uh, the purpose for which you have given us life. We ask you to do this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, uh, Friday, I, uh, I managed to humiliate myself, but not in front of too many people, so it wasn't too terribly bad. But I did it by, uh, by, by hurting myself. I was, um, I was running. And uh, I, I, I change up my course from time to time. And so I was running uh, down uh, Cemetery Road. I was in about the third mile of my run. I was listening to a sermon. I was really focused in on, on, on what the guy was preaching. And, and I, I, I came to on Cemetery Road where Kiriakis Park is and that place where Mount Air turns in. And, and I just wasn't paying attention. And my foot caught on the curb. And I fell. And it was not graceful at all. It was ugly. And you, know, you kind of have that moment like, am I going to save myself? No, then let's roll with it. So I rolled with it, right? I tucked my arm in. I took the blow. I rolled. I jumped on my feet. I got out of the street before somebody ran over me, and then I ran on, right? And the whole time I'm just thinking, I look so silly. I am so great. How do you fall? How do you just fall, right? It's just running. How do you trip? How do you not see that? And so I'm kind of laughing at myself until it feels like someone has stabbed me. Uh, in my ribs, and I realized, okay, I've bruised some ribs, I've got some pains, but I've got to keep running, otherwise people are going to pull over and start making fun of me. They were already kind of honking, so I just kept running, right? Just I didn't want to uh, to face the, the embarrassment of it. And I, I, I got home, I, I, you know, it, it all turned out okay, but I, I just thought, you know, how, how, how do you fall? How do you just fall down? But you know what? It happens. It happens not only when we're running, it, it happens in the Christian life. But you know, if you... Uh, if you were to see me running, and if I kept tripping and falling in the exact same place every time I ran, you might think that something might be wrong with me, right? And you might say, you know, Jason, if you do realize you keep tripping at this point, maybe you should go a different way or, or at least be aware that this is a, a point of a problem for you and, and, and find a way uh, to deal with that. And so it is with the children of God. If we keep sinning in the same way over and over again, we need to understand there's something that's not right about that. Again, we're, we're in this world. It was so much fun after the, the first service. A couple of runners came up to me and they said, don't feel bad. Uh, every, every now and then I, I, I continue to fall. It's just a part of running. If you're going to go out, if you're going to run long distances, you're going to trip on things from time to time. And, and, and she said, and don't even get me started talking about ice, which I don't run in ice because I can't run in you know summertime weather, much less, and, and all that stuff. But it was, you know, it's, it's kind of also the Christian life. It's reminded me, you know what, if you're going to run the race of faith, there's always going to be something there that's going to try to trip you up. We live in the flesh, we, we live in a fallen world, and we have a devil who's out to get us. And we understand what, what, what growth in Christ, it, it does not mean that we don't fall. What, what it means is that we do not keep falling in the same way, in the same place. It, it means that, that we will always be tempted, and, and it's always possible for us to stumble, but in Christ, we have the victory to rise and keep running the race of faith. Now, if you are in the race of faith, and, and you are walking in Christ, but you are continuing to stumble and fall in the same way. Listen, understand, that's what our biblical counseling center is here for. 
If there is something that's going on in your life and you just can't seem to get through it, you just can't seem to get untangled from it, it just keeps tripping you up. Listen, you're not alone. You're not the first one. We have so many people who, who come to us and they say, you know what, I keep getting tripped up here. That's what our biblical counseling service is for. That's what that center is here for, is to help us. But it's also important that we all understand that so long as we are going to run the, the race of faith in Christ, there's always going to be those things that are going to trip us up. There's always going to be temptation. There's always obstacles that we need to deal with. And so our text today helps us understand that we have a problem, God has a a plan and there's a purpose for it all. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me now to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to be in verses 11 through 14, and Miss Liberty White is going to come up and read for us. She is as cute as can be. Let's stand together in honor of God's Word. And uh, again, we're in Hebrews chapter 10, and uh, we're going to be, I'm going to be preaching through verses 11 through 14. Are you ready? Okay, go for it. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all the time a single sacrifice, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made footstool for us. For by single offering he has perfected for all the time those who are being sanctified. The word of God. Thanks be to God. Well done, Liberty. If you guys would go ahead and be seated. The only way we can enter the, the race of faith is, is, is through um, Jesus Christ. And, and this race of faith, it, it, is, it is not a blind race. It's not blind faith. It's, it's a faith that is that is clear. It is true. And, and it comes through Jesus Christ. We understand the three circles. If you've not been around here, let me explain them to you. If you've been around here, I want to give some, some clarity on this. We understand that God's design was that we would be in harmony. When God made the world, it was in perfect harmony. We had peace with God. We had peace within. We had peace with other people. And, and the reason why we don't have that peace now and the reason why there's brokenness in our world is because of sin. Sin always creates brokenness. Sin is what causes the stumbling, and the brokenness is the pain that we experience from the sin. But God did not abandon us in a, in a broken world, in our sinful state. Instead, God himself came, which is the good news. This is the gospel. God himself came, took on flesh, paid for our sin, gave us a way to be free so that we could pursue and recover God's design. The only way we can experience this gospel is we have to repent. That is, give up on my, making our own way in life, and instead choose to believe in Christ and follow Him, which allows us to recover and pursue God's design. Now, as we do that, there will be challenges. And, and the only way to overcome those temptations, those things that will trip us up, is this. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. What tripped me up the other day is I took my eyes off of the way. I, I began to focus on other things. And in so doing, I, I, I led myself into a situation where I fell. And so it is for all who are going to live in Christ. If we do not keep our eyes on Him, we will stumble. We will fall. But we have this great heritage. We have this great faith of those who've gone before us and Christ in us now. And if we will keep our eyes on Him, we can run this race. It's what Hebrews 12 tells us. Look at this great text. One of my favorites. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. 
looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It is by keeping our focus on Jesus that we can see what's going on in the world and in our lives. And it is by focusing on him we know the things that typically entangle our feet. We know the sins that will tend to draw us away. And so we can we can press those out of our lives so that we can focus on Christ. And one of the great things that we have as a people of faith is we have such a strong heritage. We can look back. We can look all the way back into the Old and New Testament and on through church history, and we can see where God has been faithful. We can look at the saints who have gone before us. They're now as a cloud of witnesses who, who show us the greatness of our God and the fact that we can trust Him. Listen, you're going to have difficult days. We all are. Days when there's doubt, days when we struggle. In those moments, when they come, remember what God has done. Look back at that cloud of witnesses. Look back in your own life at the faithfulness of God. Get your eyes on Jesus and remember who He is and what He's done. And reflect on the power of God and the goodness of God. I love Psalm 77. Look what it says to do. And I said, I will appeal to this. So here is the psalmist struggling. He said, so what am I going to do with my doubts? What am I going to do with this turmoil in my life? To the years of the right of the Most High. He said, I'm going to look back and I'm going to remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I'm going to remember who is at the right hand. Remember what our text for today says, who is at the right hand? Jesus. I'm going to look back to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I'm going, to, I'm going to look to that hand and look what we do. Look what we are to do. Look what he did. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Friends, what has God done for you? How has he been faithful to you? He has been so kind. You know, without any of your effort, your heart's been beating the whole time. That's goodness. You've been breathing in and out. He's provided the air. He provided the sun that came up today. He will provide the, the continued gravity that's all. He has just common grace. But when you think about the redemptive grace, for those of you who are the redeemed of God, what has God done for you? How has he been so kind to you? When you have doubts, when you struggle, when life gets hard, when you when you take a stumble, hey, look to the right hand of God. Remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. What God has done, he has been faithful to us in the past. He has shown his kindness to us, his grace and his mercy. No life is not going to ever be perfect on, on this side of the restoration. But through it all, God's grace is sufficient. He gives us the strength in our weakness. He is always there. He cares for us. And if you will, you can look back to the faithfulness of God in the lives of other people. And as you walk by faith, you will soon come to be able to look back and in your own life, see the faithfulness of God. And, and we understand we, we have a problem. We have a sin problem. We live in a fallen world. We have a devil who's out to destroy us. But we have a God who is gracious and powerful. We have a God who has been goodness and faithful to us. And so we can look to him. This problem has been overcome. God has a plan. And he has a purpose. So, so take note of this. There is this problem of humanity. Notice what it is. It says in verse 11, Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. We have a sin issue. 
So in the Old Covenant, before the coming of Christ, there were multiple sacrifices that were made. But those sacrifices could never take away the sins of the people. Those sacrifices, all that blood, all that death, if you read the Old Testament, you see all these blood sacrifices, they were all pointing to the person, the Lamb of God, who would ultimately take away the sins of the world. See, there's only one means of salvation, because only Jesus can give us what we need to have a right standing with God. And I don't know why people get offended by this, but the fact of the matter is, if we will look realistically at what is happening in our world, and realistically at the condition of of humanity and our problem, we will see that, that there are two things necessary for salvation, and those two things are only found in Jesus Christ. The first one is this. There has got to be a means by which our sin is paid for. You know, it, it's, 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 it's troubling and it's sad, but, but here's the reality. There are so many people, and some of you are sitting right here now, and, and you beat yourself up over your sin and over your past. Some of you are, are even cutting yourself and doing awful things to yourself. And the reason why is because of the pain of your sin or the sin of the world and the pain that you feel. And so you try to control that pain. And here's what you need to understand. That sin, all that, Christ has covered it. Christ has provided for your sin. You don't need to beat yourself up. Jesus was beaten for you. Jesus has paid the penalty in full for your sin. And more than that, and we need more than that. We need more than just to have our sin paid for. If we want to be right with God, we have to have a righteousness. We have to be holy. And none of us can make ourselves holy. We have to be made holy. And only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can pay the eternal penalty for our sin. Because again, our sin is not simply against ourselves and other human beings. Although it is at least that. Our sin is against a holy, eternal God. And, and that holy, eternal God demands justice. And the just demands of God were provided for in the death of Jesus Christ. And it is His holiness, this holy life He gave. We need His righteousness. And so that righteousness was given to us. This is described, I believe, just perfectly in 2 Corinthians 5.21. I preached this to a football team this, this past week. And it was so interesting to see their, their eyes as they came to understand what this gospel means. It says, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. See, it is only through Jesus Christ that our sin debt can be paid. If, if you want to pay your sin debt, and, and if you don't trust in Christ, you need to understand you will. Your sin is against an eternal, holy God. That means that your punishment will be eternal. That means it will be as harsh as that God is powerful. When Jesus died... He received in himself the wrath of God we deserve. He paid in full for our sin. And we can't understand with our limited minds how severe that was. How how awful that is. See, he was he was holy. God, Jesus is holy, he's God. And in that moment, he who knew no sin became sin. That's why when, when Jesus was dying, he yelled this out from the cross. This is Matthew 27, 46. He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, 
Why have you forsaken me? Do you understand what was happening right here? In this moment, he who knew no sin, God Almighty, Holy God, in that moment, felt all of our guilt, felt all of our shame. And we don't understand what this even means, but he was separated from the Father, and the Father's wrath and just demands of holiness was poured out on him in that moment. And that's why Jesus cries out. And that pain and that seriousness, it shows us how serious sin is. Jesus was broken because sin creates brokenness. We have to understand this is so serious. Sin is not a joke. Sin is so serious that it demanded the death of Jesus. And he died to pay for our sin. He was separated from the Father for our sake. The hate of the world was on him as he stood alone. For the very first time, Jesus did not feel the comfort of the Father. And he did that for us. Because he loves us. He died to pay that penalty. And this sacrifice, not only did it pay for our sin, but it made us righteous by faith. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. We were made righteous through faith. So we now have a right standing with God. We, we have this problem. And only Jesus can heal it. Brokenness cannot heal brokenness. We need good news. We need the physician to heal our brokenness. And that is what God has done. And this was a part of this plan. Write it down. There is the, the problem with humanity, but there's also the plan of God. Verse 12. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, look what he did. He sat down at the right hand of God. Now, juxtapose that with the reality of religious institutionalism that must daily, he says, and every priest stands daily at his service. Human institutions that do not have the divine power of God cannot provide for us what we need for salvation. We need a salvation that is finished. And so once Jesus had made that sacrifice, he sat down at the right hand of God. What's he doing? Look at verse 13. He's waiting. Waiting from that time until his enemy should be made a footstool for his feet. Understand, and this is, again, not something we can comprehend. We can only apprehend. That is, we can only get a sense of it because of our finite minds. But before the foundation of the world, that is, before there was space and time, God had determined that God the Son would come to pay the penalty for our sin and be raised. Before the foundation of the world. We read about this in First Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. God's plan was to send his son before the foundation of the world, before there was time and space. But was made manifest in the last times. And we've been talking about this last month. We were in Matthew 24. We're in the last times. This is the last generation, if you will, before the restoration. For the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Jesus was not plan B. He was the plan from the beginning. It was God's plan. It's interesting to know that what Jesus did, he sat down. 
because salvation has been provided for. Jesus not only said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, he who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. But don't forget what he said right before he gave his life. This is John chapter 19, verse 30. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is, say it out loud with me, it is finished. The reason why he was able to sit down at the right hand of God is because his work is done. It is finished, Christ said. And then, but note this. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. He gave his life. It was not taken from him. God gave his life to pay for our sin. And Jesus said, it is finished. He is now at the right hand of God. Now, what's he doing? He's not playing ping pong and he's not goofing off, all right? What is God doing? There's two things I want you to know that Jesus is doing. First of all, he is interceding for us. And it's such a glorious thing to know that we can go to God in prayer through Jesus. Think about this Savior of ours. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Look at this. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Jesus was tempted just as we all are. Jesus knows what it is to be tempted by sin. He knows what it is for there to be things to trip you up in your spiritual life as you run this race. He knows. He, he, uh, he empathizes. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin, he's holy God. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to, to help in time of need. We have Christ at the right hand of God, and through him we have access to the Father. And we do not have a God that when we come to him, he says, Oh, good grief, are you kidding me again? That is not God's attitude toward us. Jesus knows what it is to face the temptation you're facing, he knows you're hurt. Friends, listen, Jesus knows what it is to have family and friends turn against him. Jesus knows what it is to have people hate He knows what it is to be surrounded and to hurt. He understands everything we're going through, and he cares about us. And so when we come to him, and, and we tell him about our struggle, and we talk about that need that we have, he understands. He cares about us. He's at the right hand of God. He's interceding for us, and he is waiting. And what he's waiting for is very, very serious. He is waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. He's waiting for his enemies to be vanquished. What will that look like? Revelation 19 gives us a picture in the beginning of verse 20. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet, who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse, and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. God will judge his enemies. Here's what's so terrifying. Anybody who has not received forgiveness of their sin is at odds with God. The only way anyone can be saved is by grace through faith in Christ alone. Anyone else, anyone else stands in opposition to God. Why? 
Because our sin is treason. When we sin, we are sinning against the High King of Heaven. And our high, the High King of Heaven is eternal. And when we turn against Him, the seriousness is this. We stand in opposition to Him. I want you to think about those that you know that do not walk with Christ. Understand that they are right now considered by the High Court of Heaven in league with Satan and, and all those under his dominion. And the Word of God says that he will judge everyone. And because God is holy and because he is eternal, the punishment for sin, for sin and treason against him is eternal. Hell is eternal because God is eternal. That punishment is real. And all who die in opposition to God because they have not had redemption for their sin, they, they spend the same eternity with that devil. But thanks be to God, those who believe our eternity is different. God is coming. Jesus is waiting for the word from the Father to come and do what only he can do. He's going to make all things new. He's going, to, he's going to bring a new heaven and a new earth with a single voice with his word. He's going to make all things new. And I love this picture in Revelation 20 verse 21 verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Jesus is waiting for the Father to say, Go, son. And when he says go, the enemies will have been judged, they will have been vanquished, and then there will become peace on earth, the very thing God designed from the beginning, harmony. And there will be no more tears for those of us who believe. No more death, no more pain. We will be with God forever. This is what is coming. This is the plan of God. And all of this is because of a, a, an eternal purpose that is bigger than our one life, but that we get to be a part of. And it is the purpose of the kingdom. We have a human a problem in humanity. God has a plan, and all of it is for the purpose of the kingdom. Look in verse 14. For by a single offering, he has, important word, perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Please understand, to be perfected means that we are set apart. Those who are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone are set apart for God's kingdom purpose. What is God's kingdom purpose? It's simply this. To build a kingdom of saints who love Him and worship Him and bring Him glory. That's God's kingdom purpose. To take what was wrong and make it right. To take a people who were sinners, transform them into saints so that they will love Him and serve Him and, and worship Him forever and ever. God alone is worthy of worship. And what causes the brokenness in our world is when we worship anything other than God. You want to know what's going to trip you up, what is tripping you up right now? It's any time you put anything in your life first before God. If you are not loving God first, if you are not pursuing God first, whatever that thing is you are putting first is going to cause you to be tripped up. But if God is first in your life, and He is the reason you are pursuing life, if He is your hope and your strength and your joy and your peace, then you are going to run this path. doesn't mean there's not going to be things to tempt you, to cause you to stumble, but you have this God, and His kingdom purpose is that we would, we would be made right and we would live rightly. And when we live out God's kingdom purpose, a couple of things is going to happen. One is this. We will love and obey God. Please understand you cannot love God if you do not obey God. 
say you love God but live in disobedience to Him is to not speak the truth. Look what Jesus said in, in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I've said this before. I will say it a hundred times. To know Jesus is to love Jesus. And to love Jesus is to obey Jesus. If you are not obeying Jesus, it's because you do not love Jesus. And if you don't love Jesus, it's because you don't know Jesus. There is no such thing as a carnal Christian. There is only a Christian who is stumbling, who is waiting for the hand of God to, to restore them and strengthen them. It makes no sense for a person who claims to be Christ's own not to love and obey Him. God's kingdom purpose is that we would know Christ and love Christ and obey Christ. And we will obey Him if we know Him and if we love Him. And then we will serve Him. And it's a privilege. Think about what we are. We were once sinners. We are now saints. We were once separated from God. We are now the people of God. We once had to live for, for just this life and the very few pleasures and, and, and the power that we could have. Now we have a purpose that is bigger than us, that is worthy of our one and only life. And what we are is described beautifully in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. Look at what we are, friends. But you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are now God's people. We can come to the, to the throne of grace with confidence in the name of Jesus. We now get to serve his kingdom purpose. Our life makes sense. Our pain makes sense because we know God has a purpose for it. That he's using everything to sanctify us, to make us more like Jesus. And so, yes, there's going to be days when we stumble. But here's what we can know. The healing power of Jesus is going to be at work to transform us so that the things that used to cause us to stumble and fall, the Word of God will reveal them so that we will keep stumbling and falling. We won't do that again. Yes, there's going to be other temptations. Yes, there will be other things that will cause us to stumble and fall. But as we mature in Christ, we will find ourselves falling less at the same things. We will find God making us different. And here's what we can know. When we do fall, we can know that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And that God heals us from that. Let me tell you what happened when I got home Friday. So I, I come in. And, and, of course, I have to tell my family what has happened, right, so they can laugh, right? I have to tell them, all right, I almost died again. I was out running, and I tripped out, and I saw them telling the story. And out of nowhere, I start to feel a pain on the front of my leg, on my shin. It feels like someone has taken a match and lit it and put fire on my leg. And I look down, and I realize that I had scraped my leg, and there was my dog, Charlie, licking it. It was, it was like, I was like, ah, I was like, Charlie, would you stop? And so I told him to go over there and sit down. And so it's kind of like, man, I didn't know I was hurt there, but I guess I am. And so then I went on with a story about, because something else happened, I'll tell you about that one another day. But it, and it, it was just, you know, the story. And, I was, and then all of a sudden I feel this pain again. And I look down, and it's Charlie again with the licking of the wound. So I have to sit him outside. I may have go outside. Don't feel sorry for him. He's a dog. I just, I just thought, 
what does he do that? Why does he do that? Because he thinks it's going to help me. He thinks it's going to heal me. He's showing me that he loves me. Now, Charlie does not have healing powers, okay? But God does. And when we fall and when we stumble, the healing power of God's grace is there to strengthen us and to renew us. And he makes us whole. Don't do with God what I did with Charlie. Don't send him away. Sometimes the healing balm that God brings to our life is painful. Don't reject it. Receive it. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge that, yes, you've sinned. That hurts. Acknowledge that you need a Savior. That's hard. It's humbling. Receive the benefit of the blessing of Jesus. And, and don't scorn it. And don't send him away. Receive him. Receive his grace. Receive his mercy. Receive his love. Receive the healing of his hand on your life. And let him make you new. Let him transform you. Let him make you his own. Let him do what only he can do. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. Don't, don't turn away from that. Run the race with faith, with the healing power of God in your life. And, and you may need some help today. You may need for the first time to say, Lord God, yes, I'm ready to run this race of faith. Come get on your knees and tell him. Repent of your sin, trust in Christ. Some of you are his people today. Are you stumbling? Ask for help. Do you know someone who's stumbling? Come pray for them. Here's what I know. Our grace that God gives is amazing. And it heals and it strengthens and it makes new. And so we can receive it and we can live in it. And we got to ask for it. So I want to invite you to do that now. Come forward if you want and ask God to renew you. Let's stand together as we pray. Father, you are so good to us, and your grace truly is amazing, and you will give to us forgiveness. You will make us righteous. You will give us a new life. And even though there will be times when we will stumble, you will, you will heal us. You will pick us up, and you will enable us to, to see that place where we have fallen and, and show us how to avoid that sin, to overcome, to live for you. Lord, I pray for any today who need to come and by faith receive your grace to be forgiven. Some who need to be encouraged and, and strengthened in their resolve to live for you. Some who need to come and pray for others that they know of that are struggling. Maybe they don't believe or maybe they say they believe, but, but they're, they're, they've fallen and they, they, they need your help to, to, to lift them up and to get them back on the path. Lord, hear the prayers of those who come and hear us as we sing of your amazing grace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.